Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for another episode of the Steelers Preview as we get you geared up for the Pittsburgh Steelers Week 6 game at Acroshore Stadium against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tommy Boy is coming back, Tom Brady, and we're going to talk about that and a lot more on this episode. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Hey, I'm here. (laughs) It's another week. It's another chance to get a win. We'll see if it can happen. And Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? Hey, I am uh, just coming Neil Young. I'm rocking in the free world, and I'm feeling it this week with the unoriginal TV 12 coming into town. Yes, Tom Brady. Let's let's start off talking about the old ageist wonder, 45 years young, and he is still slinging the rock. Like, my gosh, you watch some of these throws he makes. I mean, he still, he still has it. Like, he's not some... I think about Brett Favre back in his waning years, and he was kind of like a shell of what he once was. That definitely does not look like Tom Brady, but I want to ask you all, this is kind of football related. In terms of villains for the Pittsburgh Steelers, where does he rank for you all on that list in the villains of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Or does he even fall on that list? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, how how many episodes was it ago where you had to answer? It was a few weeks ago where you had to answer a question on let's ride about your, your, your top five, like most, most, that was most, division. Hated, most hated division, division rivals or, yeah. so, or division players. I will tell you, Jeff, as soon as that question came off, I'm listening to the show and I thought of mine five in a row, boom, who they're going to be. And I'm like, man, Jeff nailed that. It was the exact same five, <laughs> exact same order. And you did it. So when you think of those kind of things, TB12 is not to that level for me, but he's just, a, but he's still, he could be in the mix with those division guys that you couldn't stand, even though they're not in the same division, because it's just been such a long time that the Steelers have been having to deal with him. I mean, now he's not even in the same conference, mm-hmm. but yet the Steelers have to deal with him coming to Pittsburgh one more time. What about you, Brian? Where does Tom Brady fall uh, on your villain list? You know, I'd have to put it together. I'd probably say maybe seven or eight, but down in the top 10. Bill Belichick's going to you know, be ahead of him because it was really Bill Belichick who was the guy and not Brady as much. Because remember, it wasn't Tom Brady that beat you in the AFC Championship game in 2001. It was Drew Bledsoe, and it was Bill Belichick who was uh, spygating it. So, you know, I still think he's a brilliant coach. I still contend that if you love Chuck Knoll, then you've got to respect Bill Belichick. But we're not talking about Belichick this week. We're talking about Tom Brady. And I'm just going to say, yeah, I don't mind him as much now that he's on the Buccaneers. I rooted for Tampa Bay over Mahomes in Kansas City because I've got a thing against Andy Reid. And I did not want to see Kansas City win two in a row. And I even did that with a team with Antonio Brown on the team. I even still rooted for Tampa. So he didn't bother me as much. If I'm talking about all-time villains, it's probably Vontez Burfix up there for me, number one. And, you know, Belichick's a little higher. But, you know, Brady's got to be in there because he's just big brother that is always beating you down. Well, you have to commend Brian that he got in the, you know, the the, the Drew bled so much he needed a transfusion, dropped in there. Um, I don't know if you remember that from the old uh, ESPNU Bledsoe. commercial. With, uh, that's a trick question. Drew Bledsoe has no nickname. 
<laughs> I remember that now. That you oh, know. back when ESPN was good. <laughs> yes, it was a long time ago. Uh, so, you know, for me, Tom Brady, he's definitely in the top 10. I have grown to hate him more in the last five years. Uh, I, I, you almost had a respect because the guy just is so good. Like, that's what was annoying. It was annoying as an annoying hatred because he would come to Pittsburgh. He would be unfazed by the crowd. He would just dink and dunk, pick you apart. Just, it was just annoying. But then you find out about all this extra stuff. And he has this image that he's this golden boy and he's perfect. And oh, that was Belichick that cheated, like Brian mentioned. And you're finding out about the Patriots funneling money to, to Brady through the TV 12 foundation. And all those times they said he's taking a pay cut so that he doesn't he can keep the team together. Yeah, that's shady. Then you find out about the business about how Brady was going to retire and become a part owner and player of the Dolphins. And I'm like, no one's say, wasn't he about about this Brian Flores? Wasn't there something? That was the yeah. why Flores got fired. They were going to bring oh. Sean Payton in. Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback. He was going to be a part minority owner of the Dolphins and be the quarterback of the team. And then everything went haywire. That's even led, that's even gone all the way to Bruce Arians and his awkward retirement. This story was brushed under the rug so much. And he is a scumbag. Tom Brady is a scumbag. He is a dirtbag scumbag, botched Botox, divorce lawyers, all of it scumbag i can't stand the guy now and he doesn't even play in the the conference anymore he's everything that's wrong with the national football league he tries to do it all himself i can't stand him can't stand him it kind of reminds me of the seinfeld episode where costanza and he goes can't stand 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 you that's what he is for me so you was a tropic of cancer or tropic of capricorn right you all can chime in on that if you want about the Brady stuff. I can't stand Tom Brady. Yeah. His image and what he actually is cannot be further from the truth. Dirt. Well, the thing is with Tom Brady as a, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan is ever since he went to Tampa, you don't have to care about him nearly as much. You yeah. really don't. This is the first time and probably the only time that they're going to have to play him in, you know, as part of the Buccaneers. So it, it's a one-time thing once he was gone that you could just almost kind of forget about him the rest of the time, which has been kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, anything? <laughs> you know, you brought up Seinfeld. Instead of, <laughs> I hate the Drake, I hate the braid. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hate the braid. But I'd like to break some news. And every once in a while, I could break some news. But a lot of people don't know this. You've talked about, Tom Brady and shady stuff. Well, I've got another one that a lot of people don't know about, but unfortunately, Tom Brady's been dead for seven years. He's a cyborg, <laughs> and, you know, brought to you by Skynet, and and you know he's he's not a lot. He is not a he's a machine at this point. He's a he's really just like if we can get somebody to just like you know cut him under the face mask, he won't bleed. You'll just see some metal. And that's all it is. So. And see, and that's why they had to call that penalty against Atlanta because they thought maybe he would start, you know, malfunctioning um, <laughs> and, you know, getting up and walking backwards. I'm, I'm trying to think of, um, uh, oh, what was that old TV show where, where it was a robot and they, they accidentally hit the remote and made him get rewind really fast. It's, I, I can't remember. Oh, I'm not sure, but reference. pretty soon on the press conference, we're going to hear on a press conference. Instead oh, of- that was the end of Austin power or the beginning of Austin powers too. That's what it was. Yeah, yes. Correct. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, 
instead of instead of hearing, yeah, well, we gave it all we got, and we're gonna take it one week of the week at a time, you're gonna hear beep boop boop. That's I mean, that's gonna be Tom Brady pretty soon. I mean, can you think of any other player in the NFL that could step away from the team from two weeks and it just be like a little footnote anywhere? I mean, come on. This is a this is a super he's I'm leaving for two weeks. I'll be back, don't worry. Everyone's like, oh, okay, Tom's just taking some time. What? Come on. This is ridiculous. Anyways. All right. Uh, so enough Tom Brady talk. We'll be talking about him on the football field as we get you ready for the Tampa Bay game coming up. But the Steelers' approach to this game in week six, I think, is unique. And it's not unique to the Steelers because they've lost four in a row. They're one and four. We know things are, you know, it's bad. And there's no other way around it. It's bad right now. But they they literally have nothing to lose in this game. You know, like Dave Schofield always says it at the end. Go ahead and say the say the quote, Dave, at the end of the water boy. Last game of the season. Or last game of the year. Can't hold anything back. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of these you lost four in a row. Don't hold anything back. That's the way I feel about this game. The Steelers should go into this game with a little bit of a, you know, they, they have nothing to lose. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are coming in, and that poses some issues in a lot of ways. When you look at the Steelers injury report that we will, uh, that that poses an issue. When you talk about their defense, that poses an issue. But I want to ask you all to start this thing off. Where is your mind right now in terms of the Steelers and their chances this Sunday? Don't get into predictions or anything like that. Just where is your mental space right now? Dave, we'll start with you. Mental spaces, it doesn't matter who they are playing. If they're down four or five players in the secondary again, I'm not sure what they're going to do to piece it together. It's yeah, that secondary is it's 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 rough. Brian, what about you heading into this game? How are you mentally? I'm kind of numb to it all, but <laughs> there's there's this just this one thing that keeps on making me think that they've got one of those upsets in them. I mean, you know, I understand this very well could be a five and 12 team and I'm not discounting that, but this is not a one and 16 team. They're going to piece together a couple like they did in 1988. There's going to be possibly at the end of the season to tick everybody off like they did in 88, go three of their last four and, uh, you know, ruin draft position when a guy like Barry Sanders and Troy Aikman and Derek Thomas and uh, Deion Sanders is up ahead. And you take home a guy like, well, I don't even remember his name, Tim Worley. You know, so all I'm going to say is I just think that they're not dead yet. But I, I really it's hard to predict predict a win here, even though I said I was going to. And I'm not doing the prediction now but they're beat up, but you know, it's coming. The storm's coming. I'm with you, Brian. There's a part of me that and I actually said, I, I think they're going to win one game before the bye week. And I wouldn't be shocked if they found a way to win two. And that's crazy talk. That is crazy talk when you think about it. But Dave, I listened to your stat geek this week. You laid it out in the Mike Tomlin era. When they lay an egg and they get beat bad, what do they typically do the next week? Score points. And they win. win more than they lose. Yeah. That's just way the way it is with Mike Tomlin. They got their, you know, what's handed to them last week. I got a feeling they're going to bounce back. And I'm not saying that they're going to win. Actually. Yes, I am because I always pick the Steelers, but anyways, besides that, Dave, what are we going to say? You well, I, what I also brought up on that podcast is that's under Mike Tomlin. The question that we're going to ask ourselves is, was that a bet? Was that a Mike Tomlin thing? 
or was that a Ben Roethlisberger thing? And that's what they're going to be going out there and showing us this weekend. Is it is it was is it Mike Tomlin or was it merely a Ben Roethlisberger carrying the team thing? Let's go to the other side of the docket here, and let me ask you: This is bringing Brady back into it, but you know, someone in the live chat even said, "When was the last time that happened against Brady?" I get it. Tom Brady's owned the Steelers for a long time, but does he have the same aura about him in Tampa Bay? to you that he had in new England Dave, we'll start with you. No, it's just, it was the, it was the Brady Belichick chat. Bella, I was starting to say Belichick, Brady Belichick combo um, that, that really seemed like it was the, the bigger issue. And with him going to Tampa, like I said, you, you kind of gotten a bit of, to, to forget about him for um, for a couple of years. Yeah, you had to watch him play in the Super Bowl and stuff again. But really, week in and week out, it was I don't really care what they're doing. But where for all those years when you know you you had to pay attention. Well, what's New England doing? Where are they going to be? Yeah. Or are they going to have the home field advantage through the playoffs and things of that nature? And now it's just it's just not as much. It doesn't seem the same because I haven't followed as intently because it didn't matter as much to the Steelers. Brian, what about you? Is that aura still there? It's fading, but it's still there because it's Brady and, you know, the luster's never truly going to go off of this thing because, you know, you could call him a lot of things. You could call him a cheater. You could call him a crybaby. You could call him everything you want, but he's still finding a way to survive, not just survive, thrive, get it done. I mean, he's doing stuff that we never thought we'd see. I never thought that he would win a ring in Tampa. Uh, I, I really didn't. But he does not have a 14 and 3 season in him anymore. He's uh he's going to be more of a 10 and 7 at best type of player right now because and and that team's not the same either. But we're I'm going to talk about this later in my final thoughts. But that game what happened last week with him is going to be very interesting to see how it's handled going forward. And I'll just leave that as a teaser. All right. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to focus on the Steelers for a second and comments that, you know, I put this in the Slack in our random Slack channel. I think it was yesterday. I'm writing an article. It's going to run at seven o'clock on Friday morning about Kenny Pickett and his confidence in the system and the confidence as a Steeler quarterback. It's growing. He's the second week actually getting full reps and stuff like that in practice. He had some quotes and I thought these quotes were very telling. I talked about this on my let's ride podcast, which will be debuting on our audio side Friday morning, 5. AM check it out wherever you get your podcast. But I wanted to get Dave and Brian's take on this because I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, or if you are reading this the same way, I'm going to read you one quote at a time and I want to get your take on it. Then I'll read you the second one. Here's the first quote. This is from Kenny Pickett's media availability, which happens every Wednesday. That's the quarterback day, Ken's day. And then on, um, we'll go one quote at a time. So here we go. Quote, I felt like today was a lot cleaner from a timing standpoint and in assignment. I think our guys really did a good job of studying the game plan and being more focused, something that we've been talking about, having less missed attempts and getting guys in that right spot. So really happy with the first day of work so far. End quote. That was Kenny Pickett. Dave, you hear that quote. You read that quote because I know you saw it on the random channel. Your thoughts were what? My thoughts were this. People like to say this phrase of practice makes perfect. 
Anyone who's ever coached knows that that phrase is false. The correct phrase is perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. Just practicing, but practicing sloppily can actually hinder you. When me, when I would be be training everything with with college, you know, in high school, college uh, for shot put, there would be a point in practice where I had made so many throws and I was really trying to, to hit a mark or work on something that I actually started hindering what I was doing because I wasn't doing it properly because of that. If you're not going to do it proper in practice, it's you're you can't just expect it to then run well in a game. I have a feeling that's what Kenny Pickett was really saying there is that they haven't been worried about the crispness in practice like they should. That's what I take away from it. I don't know what else he was trying to say other than that. Brian, what do you hear when you hear that quote? First of all, I think that there was a come to Jesus moment with uh, in the locker room. I, I kind of almost think that uh you know that scene in bull dorm one of the greatest movies ever when he th- the manager throws the bats in the shower the lollygaggers <laughs> yeah <laughs> nothing but lollygaggers yeah so yeah i i kind of feel like that happened and translation to kenny pickett we meaning me but my receivers better get their crap together or they're not going to be here too long because we got to quit messing around you know i'm trying to censor myself because i want to say a whole lot different. <laughs> we got to quit screwing around here and get it together and quit blowing off practice and lollygagging i like that lollygagging and gotta start putting the effort in and i think this is the first practice that they finally realized that a light might have come on that they got to get it together and i think kenny pickett is one thing about kenny pickett i think he's kind of a guy that he believes in accountability. I think he's one that has no problem telling a Chris Claypool or Deontay Johnson, anybody that's been there a long time, hey, it's time to get it together. Okay, I'm going to hold my comments till after I read the second quote. So here's the second quote. Same media availability. A couple questions later, here's what Kenny Pickett says. Quote, I'm focusing on all the guys. There are certain plays that you know you're probably going to get a certain look where you want to get that rep in practice. That's something I definitely try to communicate communicate to the guys like, quote, hey, I'm looking at you first here. Let's get a full speed rep at it. So the first time we get it isn't in a game, end quote. Dave, anything to add? That just backs up the other statement. Yeah. It just specifies it. So I'm not, okay. Brian, thoughts on that before I go into anything? Translation. If you want me to continue throwing you the ball, you better be serious in practice and we're going to get it right. So we're not just trying to make up stuff during a game. So right off the bat, I'm not reading too much into this. Am I like, no, I, I, these are, these are damning statements. Am I right? No, this is, this is, this is a put up or shut up type of stuff. That's That's now in the locker room. And it's saying that, Hey, if we don't prove now, I mean, there, there's going to be Armageddon if you continue to screw around. And I think there's finger pointing. I really, you want the truth? I think Kenny Pickett is pointing fingers at Deontay Johnson and maybe Chase Claypool. I I don't know that that was as much of a pointing fingers thing as, as because, come on, think about it. Kenny Pickett's getting ready to have, make his second career start. 
I, I don't think that was his intention, but I think it should be the message. I think his intention was, is I want to make sure that I'm paying attention to, you know, to the details and everything in practice. And I want that to trickle down to everyone. I think that's what he meant by it, but I'm not saying that's not how it came across the way Brian was saying it. To me, it's, it's not a finger point. This is a damning statement on the state of the offense, the coaching staff, even Mitch Trubisky, because if, if a rookie, and I don't care if he's 24, 20, I don't even know what he is, 24 years old, I think. He's 24. Even if a rookie, he's coming into the huddle, and you've already heard other comments from other players saying, if you're not doing what you're supposed to, you're going to get that look from Kenny. And he's demanding their respect. And he's getting their respect. Don't you think that when he got up and shoved Shaq Lawson, he didn't get their respect. And now all of a sudden he's saying, we're not practicing at a high enough level. How damning is it that a rookie has come in and is now saying that this isn't good enough? I just don't get it. I can't get it. And I know our own KT Smith, he responded in the random channel and said, this is a, this is as much about Tomlin as it is anyone else. You are letting these guys go through the motions. You're letting them just kind of slap slapstick their way. We'll put it that way. I'm trying to be uh, as as PG as Brian is. <laughs> You're letting them just kind of like go through the motions. That's not winning football. And so I'm glad that Kenny Pickett is is hopefully saying these things. And I hope the players buy in. They need someone to lead that offense. We talked about it this off off season. Who's the leader on the offense? The answer was no one. No one. With Ben gone, there was no leader. We hoped that James Daniels would when he came in. I'd say that, yeah, he has been for the offensive line. Najee's a captain. Not sure if he's that guy, though, especially when he's not playing well. Is it a rookie? Man, come on. Like I, I'm sorry. Maybe I am blowing this way out of proportion. But for me, I read those quotes, and I said, you've got to be flipping kidding me. This team scored three points last week, and he's telling guys to run full speed in practice. What are they doing in there? And what are the coaches doing? I don't get it. Brian, anything to add? Yeah, you know what? I keep on going back to after that Minnesota game where uh, the Steelers, I'm talking 2021, and when the Steelers you know, just got off to a horrible start, and you have shenanigans from Claypool. And let, let me just say this. I don't think Claypool is the devil that a lot of people think he is. I don't, but when you come out with a comment and the comment is, you know, Hey, we should have music in practice. And then this year, just after last week, I mean, on Monday, you hear Deontay Johnson say, Hey, y'all keep coming back. You're all going to be watching something like that. And that leads me to say that there are some guys that are dogging it in practice and maybe it's not those guys. Maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into this. But Kenny Pickett is doing everything he can to be the leader of this team, and he is not going to let complacency go down with him. I mean, take him down. Now, I'll say this. We go back to 1988, completely different sport, but it happened right around this time, and it was Kirk Gibson hitting that major home run in Game 1 of the World Series, limping in. But something happened. In spring training of that year, somebody put eye black on the rim of his hat in spring training. He put it on. He had black all over him. He went nuts. 
And the reason he went nuts is because this is not a serious team to do stuff like that. Ribbing and stuff, no. We're here for business, and we are going to be – I'm new here, but we're a business team. And I kind of think of Kenny Pickett that way of pretty soon starting to take over and saying it's time down to business. Dave, anything to add? Yeah, when you when you look at this, and and we're saying about you know is he calling them out? Are they not working hard in practice? It could be that sometimes it's just a sense of urgency. When you're in a game, you have that sense of urgency of you you need to come through on this play. You need to make the play. You've got to do everything you can. I mean, we attention to detail throughout the game and the Steelers are lacking that, you know, the pre-snap penalties, the not being, being set or properly aligned, the false starts, things of that nature. But if you're in practice, it's kind of one of these things. If you're a coach, just, just everyone else imagine that, that you're a football coach right now. And I'm going to ask you this question because I've dealt with this before. If you, if you go to run a play and you're, and you're offensive, let's, I'm going to blame it on the guard because then people are going to start talking about the Steelers' tackles and we're just not going to do that. And let's say the guard flinches. The guard flinches. And then you go to run the play. Do you whistle with dead or do you want to see how they worked out on that play anyway? Think about that. Because if you still say, well, we still had a play we were going to run, we might as well at least get a rep in. Do you really want that mentality of, well, in practice, if you don't get everything right, it's all right because it's just practice. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. Practice. If you don't do it in practice, how do you expect to suddenly be able to do it in a game? So it, it it's just kind of that mentality. Do you let that rep go or do you whistle it dead and you start from the beginning and you get the play right across the board? It. it it, it, it's tricky and it's one of those things, but maybe that's exactly what Kenny Pickett said. Hey, I'm not going to, I'm still not going to run it. If, 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 if the, if, if two players go in motion at the same side, same time and realize that they messed up and then they reset for us to run this play. No, get it right. Did say, well, you know what? We, we ran the right route. The ball wasn't quite there. He didn't quite come down with it. Oh, well, Kenny's almost saying that if we're not going to run it this way in practice, then that's not where I'm going to look in a game. And that's really the attitude you should have. The, the question is, why is this different from, from everything else that's been going on? Yeah. And by the way, I would whistle the play dead. Just to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's your question>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on from this. If you want to hear more of my take, you can check out Let's Ride. But in the meantime, let's get to our injury report. Dave, it is lengthy. Go ahead. Why don't you read off who's. Yes. yes oh, up. you mean the injury report? Yes. yes. Um, here we go. Steelers. Yes. Well, should I say Wednesday or just go? playing Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, it's so much. I don't know where to start. Just go, uh, the Steelers go Thursday. Okay, just make, go sure you mention, make sure okay. you mention what they were on Wednesday, and I'll help uh, you. Out. That's the thing. So we got, uh, I'm just going to go in order that they were. Deontay Johnson, hip injury was limited Wednesday, full Thursday. I don't think that he's much of a problem. Cam Sutton and Akello Witherspoon, both hamstrings. They don't have the groin listed for Sutton anymore. Um, both hamstrings, both did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. That's not good. That's not good. Nah. Levi Wallace, concussion, did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. So it really comes down to Friday um, for him. Um, um, Terrell Edmonds, full participant, 
both days. Things are looking good for him, but it's still, you know, it's still, it's still got to keep going. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, knee, didn't practice either day. I'm worried about that one, but Mink is also the guy that I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he shows up where he practices on Friday and then he doesn't have a game status. I don't know. Montrevis Adams, hip, didn't practice Wednesday, full on Thursday. Good news. Mason Cole said on Monday when he came in at a walking boot that he was going to be fine for the game. Two days of not practicing. Didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'm going to skip one. We'll go to Larry O with his back. Didn't practice either day. I, you know, he's a guy that's hasn't been with the Steelers long, but he's been around the league for a long time. Friday will be the key. If not, you're finally going to get to see your helmet with Isaiah Loudermilk. The one that I skipped, Pat Fairmuth, concussion. Said that on Wednesday, did not did not practice. But there was video of him doing drills with the rest of the team. So the question is, are the Steelers just still that incompetent, just like they were on Tuesday with the press conference? Were they trying to downplay it or whatever, and and but got busted with it? Or, or was it really another clerical error? But they fixed that, oh, I think around 7.30 p.m. Um, on Wednesday, that they fixed it, they, that they moved him from, didn't participate too limited. He was also limited again on Thursday. But, I mean, you don't see a lot of video from practice during the season. I wonder if that uh, beat reporter that shared that video um, is is not in very good graces with the Steelers right now. And I also wonder what really had to go down for them to actually change that. Well, they're first. They're allowed to film individual parts, like the individual Mm -hmm. workouts. I mean, you see this around the league. Aaron Rodgers uh, today on Thursday, everyone had video of him just throwing simple passes because of his thumb injury. Like that's a, that's a league standard policy. Now the Steelers might not like it, but the policy is the guy that shared this from the Pittsburgh post Gazette did not break any rules. And Mm -hmm. it was just the Steelers. I think they're just completely incompetent. It's a clown show organization from a not, you could say it coaching if you want to, but I'm not talking about the football players and the team. I'm talking about the organization. They can't even stream a, con- a press conference. They've made how many mistakes on the injury reports, depth charts, you name it. And you know what? That goes right back to like being precise at practice. If you're not going to really take pride in what you're doing as an organization, even in the front office when it comes to these things, then this is just the mentality that you get in. Uh, well, it just doesn't matter. Do you think Dan Rooney – I'll have Brian's a great one to ask this. Do you think Dan Rooney would put up with these things of – training camp supposedly having press conferences that were going to be covered and then they were never streamed um having all these issues there the multiple clerical errors how do you think dan rooney would have handled that brian dan rooney was a true <laughs> professional he really was no he would have not handled this at all he was a i mean he looked like a, a sweet old man just like his dad did but he was a businessman and he was an architect and when he spoke you got it right and he was one of those guys that uh, if he walks in the room and says, this gets fixed, you better fix it because you don't want to see what's on the other end of it. And I, part of it might be is like, I don't want to disappoint this guy. <laughs> That's how I would be yeah. and Rudy, but you better fix it. And really right now in, you know, th- this is, man, when Jeff says something like this is a clown show of an organization, that does two things to me. It makes it pisses me off, but not a Jeff. 
I can't believe what happened to my football team. When I say my football team, the team I've been around for a long time, this is, they're doing jokey stuff that the, that the Bengals would do. There's no attention. The Browns. The Browns. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really weird. I mean, there's, it seems like it's just, oh, hey, we got to get this done. Not, hey, if we're going to do it, we better do it right. Yeah, and it's, to me, it's, if you're not, it's that attention to detail. If you're not, if you're not making sure the attention to detail was coming through as a, just an organizational thing when it comes to media, when it comes to various other things of that, then why, the, what makes you think they're putting attention to detail in practice? It, it kind of is a mentality that comes from the very top down. And it's very disappointing. And some people are like, who cares about the press conference stream, right? Who cares if they had to switch the injury report? It's it's those kind of things. It's those it's those little things that you just allow within the organization at all. I mean, when you step in and you know that that is a very tight ship that you are dealing with, with everything that they do, that's what's always set the Steelers apart. You're not seeing that in a lot of things right now. Sorry, we're not talking about the injured players. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, my prediction is that you're, you, the Steelers are going to be really hurting for cornerbacks. I don't yeah. see Levi Wallace clearing the concussion protocol, nor do I see Pat Fryermuth. Neither has a full participant on Thursday. That's not likely for them to be cleared, just like Terrell Edmonds. Even he was a full participant twice last week and did not get cleared. So I, I, I would be stunned if either. Yeah, he was only limited were, twice. Who? Edmonds last week was limited twice. I thought he was a limited and then no. full twice. Okay. No, nope, he was limited. So then I when, he, yeah. he's following when that he path. wasn't limited when he wasn't full on Friday. I had a feeling he was going to get ruled out on Saturday. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to have Sutton. I, you're not going to have Witherspoon again. The dude hasn't even practiced in two and a half weeks, which is really starting to tick me off because it could have put him on injured reserve. If they thought it was this bad and just filled his roster spot. Let him rest for four weeks and bring him back. They haven't done that. Um, I, I don't think Larry O is going to play. Uh, it's going to be tough. This is going to be really tough. I do think Gentry's going to play. I wouldn't be shocked if Minka plays Mason Cole. Did I say Gentry? Did I skip him? Ah, I, don't I think I skipped him. Yeah, he was a full participant. He went from didn't practice yeah. with the knee. Wednesday was a full participant today. Sorry. That's okay. That's all right. Let's go to the Tampa Bay side of things. Okay. You ready? Just I'm, This is just Thursday stuff because I don't have it in a nice little cool chart like I get with the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Brait, tight end Cameron Brait, concussion, full participant. Wide receiver, um, Jalen Darden, I guess. Tooth. Have you ever seen Whoa. Tooth on, a, on an injury report before? But he was a full participant. Quarterback uh, Carlton Davis, hip, full participant. Safety Mike Edwards, el um, elbow, limited. Wide receiver Russell Gage, ankle limited. Uh, defensive lineman William Golston, rest, didn't practice. Uh, wide receiver Chris Goodwin, hip, knee, hip slash knee slap slash rest, didn't participate. Uh, defensive tackle Akeem Hicks, foot, didn't participate. No Julio Jones with a knee, didn't participate. Cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting, quad, didn't participate. Outside linebacker Carl Nassib, illness, full participant because that was a change for the day before. Wide receiver Brashad Perriman, knee hamstring, full participant. Safety Logan Ryan, foot, did not practice. And tackle Donovan Smith, elbow, limited. Whew. Okay. Tis the season for long injury reports. Yes. <laughs> Last week, Buffalo. This week, Tampa Bay. All right. 
Let's do some over under. Now you all ready, Brian, you oh, got sure. your little tablet. You ready to transcribe? All right, let's do this. So we're playing the over under game last week. What are our tallies, Brian? Why don't you go and read that off real quick? You know, I don't have it in front of I, me. I, I, I had the most, but I didn't, I caught by one. I they, caught up with Brian and we both they, caught up, got closer to you. Yeah. So I believe if I'm not mistaken, Jeff has a two point lead over both Dave and myself. Okay. Let's see how things play out this week. Uh, We're starting off with Kenneth Shane Pickett, KP8, passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns against the Buccaneers. I have it at one and a half. You say KP8? Yes, yes. What do you think, Dave? Over, under. He doesn't have any yet. (laughs) I know. So then that staying with that, you say it's under. That's tough. You know what? I just... You know what? I am. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I think he might get some plays that gets him down close, and then they punch it in. And it could even be another another Kenny Pickett rushing touchdown as well. So I'll go right. under with the passing. Okay, Brian. I got to believe. I'm going to say over and two. I'm going with Brian. I'm going to say over with two. I think that this is a week that they string something together. All right, let's go to Deontay Johnson yards receiving yards receiving for DJ sixty five and a half. Dave over under for for Deontay Lamarcus Johnson. Mm. He, he does not get second. No, 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 no. He, <laughs> he had it. He had it when he signed that contract, but it's gone right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, what, what was your what was the total? Oh my gosh, sixty five and a half. Are you listening? Sixty. I am. Do you realize he's only gone over that one time this year? So I'm going under. Okay, Brian. I don't believe in DJ right now, and that hurts me because I was I was really on his uh, he was on my nice list. I was sticking up for him like crazy, and I'm I'm really off of the bandwagon right now. Where I took his jersey out of my my uh, overseas cart. So oh my gosh, under. <laughs> I'm gonna you go guys forget. You. Wait, you forget. I hated DJ or Deontay Johnson before hating Deontay Johnson was cool. right. You're the OG Deontay Johnson <laughs> yeah. hater. No, I'm not uh, saying I hate him. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm he's in, he's in timeout. He's in bad he's in your doghouse. He's yeah. in the corner. It's in your doghouse. Until he busts out, I'm just not ready for it to bust out. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. What was your point? I'm going to go under. I think he's going to be around 60, uh, but I'm going to go with the under as well. Uh, let's go with Pittsburgh Steelers turnovers. So the offense turning the football over. I have the line at one and a half. Dave, what do you think? Under. They're going to take care of it. They might have one, but I think they're going to. Now, this is just in general, not necessarily just the offense, right? Pittsburgh Steelers turnovers. The special teams ones is yes. also added up, in, up to that as well. So I'm, I'm going under. All right. Brian? I really want to go under on this, but I, I'm just going to go with over. It's uh. Things have been groggy with this team. I'm going to go under. I think if they have any prayer, they got to keep it clean. So I'm going to go under. Let's go with Najee Harris total yards, not just rushing. This could be rushing and receiving total yards. I have, boy, I can't believe I'm saying this. 59 and a half is where I am right now with Deontay Johnson. 59 and a half. And that's total Najee Harris. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said Deontay Johnson. Same kind of deal. No, yeah. Najee Harris total yards 59 and a half over under Dave. Uh total 59 and a half. I know. But I mean, 
He's done it. The three of the five. Mm. You know what? But he's also, they are getting Jalen Warren more involved as well. 59 and a half is a good number. I'm going to say over by a hair. I'm going to say about 62. Brian, what do you think? I keep getting burned by this guy. Um, But 59 and a half. I mean, come on. He's he's got to, right? I mean, I don't think, I, I, I kind of feel like he's hurt. But, I mean, they got to throw the ball to him. And they're not throwing it to him. How many targets is he? Get? I mean, he's not even getting targets. Maybe that's maybe that's what Dave's saying that Jalen Warren's the uh, the passing threat. So then you have complete predictability on offense. I'm going to go over yeah. slightly, but I'm going to say over. And just so you know, he's got 15 targets on the season. Yeah, not not as yeah, much that, as last year. He had yeah. 15 targets in week three last year. Yeah. So I'm so and I mean he is he's he's 13 receptions on 15 targets. But yeah, the Tampa Bay defense gives up 115 yards, 115.6 on the ground per game. And so I think that the Steelers are going to try to exploit that. They are going to try to run the ball. And I think the total yards Najee's going to do enough to get over that 59 and a half. I'm going to take the over. Excuse me. Is that all of us over, Dave? Did you go over too? Yeah, I went he, over. He went, dude, okay. okay. He did. Go over. Okay. Right, so let's go, go with uh, George Pickens. We might have to know his middle name here soon. Uh, George Ooh. Pickens yards. He continues to ascend. He had 102 two weeks ago. He finished 83 last week. I've got this number at 85 and a half. The picket to Pickens connection has been strong. Dave, over or under 85 and a half? Well, I think when it comes to George Malik Pickens Jr., that's. <laughs> that uh, see, and I was trying to find the middle name, so I didn't listen to what your number oh was. God. Eighty-five and a half. Eighty-five oh, that's, and a half. Ah, uh, you know what? I'm eighty-five. Well, because he had eighty-three last week, right? You know what? Yes. I'm going over. I'm, I'm just just because I I I, I want to see him continue to go nuts. So I think he'll just continue to get more targets with Kenny Pickett. And if you're giving him, if you're giving him eight targets a game, the chance of him going eight over that many yards just increases even more. All right, Brian, man, I really think he's, he's just blasting off. Um, yeah, he had 83 last week. I'm going to go slightly under, but not by much. I still think he's, he gets in the seventies, but yeah, let me go under the, Tampa Bay secondary is kind of banged up passing they're They're the sixth best passing defense allowing one ninety three point four. but I'm going to go over uh, for George. What was it? Malik Malik George Malik Pickens. Pickens I'm going to take the over. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, yeah. if you would have checked out the more, you know, in the off season, you would have known that Jeff. Yeah, I just didn't I, remember I, it. <laughs> I edit all those articles. I just don't remember all of them. Well, then all it's right. not, it's not, it's not putting the impression on you that it needs to do. Not sponge worthy as we're using. Oh, <laughs> man, what is with Whoa. all the Seinfeld references? <laughs> all right, let's go to Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers sacks of Tom Brady. Uh, I, I almost went a different way, but I have, I just one and a half is the number I have. One and a half. Brady's only been sacked, I think, seven times this season. Uh, what do y'all think, Dave? Over under. Well, you have to say how many times he's going to be sacked and it's not negated by a penalty. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go under. Okay. Brian? Crap, I got to go under. 
All right. So the there's start I listened to Know Your Enemy and I did the the Tampa Bay starting a, a rookie left guard. And that's Cam Hayward's bread and butter. So I think Cam gets one, maybe Highsmith gets him another. I'm gonna go over. I'm just gonna say that Ooh. maybe he trips and falls. I hope I you're right. Care. I really do. I hope I'm you're just right. gonna go with two. I'm gonna go with two. So there you go. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with the over on one and a half sacks. Hope I'm right. All right, that's the over under for this week. Let's talk about the spread. It was eight the last I saw. Dave, has it moved? It is eight. All right. And the over under? And the over under is 45. Ooh, good numbers. Okay. Let's go with you, Dave, first. What's your prediction? How do you see it playing out? Okay. Well, I I am probably, maybe my problem is I am very stubborn like Coach Tomlin, and I don't like to change how I do things a whole awful lot. And that could get me in trouble. Now, this team has seen some 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 things that we didn't want to see this year, but I, I am holding in my hand. And it's funny. I actually forgot what these were. Um, so I, I had to take a quick pivot here. I'm holding my hand. Our predictions that we made game by game when the schedule was released in May. <laughs> 17 nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 17 and oh, and then Jeff told me his real one, which had them at 11 and six. Um, <laughs> but when I was looking at it, you guys thought I was crazy. And really, I'm not that far off. Okay. I I thought it was, I thought they would be one and one after two games. I just got which game they were victorious in backwards. Other than that, the only thing that I've I haven't gotten right is the Jets game. Well, when you think about that, that's technically three out of the five games, but I'm meaning I this is where I thought the Steelers would be. I had the Steelers, no joke, at three and five. At the bye. That's what I had. Well, they they were supposed to win that game against the Jets, and they didn't. So they need to find a win somewhere else. I, I wasn't going to have them win both of those games with the Jets and the and the Bucks with the with the back to back. Well, they weren't in back to back weeks, but they're they're two home games that were there close to each other. So I thought, yeah, I'll go one with one with one with the other. So this time I'm just going off of until. I'm still waiting for them to come around and be the team that I was hoping that they would be in the off season. So I'm holding out hope that they can get back to even be that three and five at the buy that I had them to be. And everyone was telling me how I was such a hater because I had them only going 10 and seven and how, I, how crazy that was. And I, at the time, so I'm going to have them come pull through with a victory here just because Tampa's defense is really good until Kansas City put up 41 on them, okay? The Buccaneers' offense has not done a very good job of putting up a lot of points. If it wasn't for their defense, they'd be in even more trouble so far. So for some reason, the last I was there the last time that Tom Brady played in Pittsburgh, and I, I'm just trying to, 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 to pull on that. So I'm, I'm going to go Steelers 26 to 23. Oh, my God. What did wow. I think you score? <laughs> that is the exact same score that I have. I wrote it down. I've already recorded it on Let's Ride. I have 26 23 <laughs> Pittsburgh. You gotta be now. I know me. it's not gonna be right. Sorry, I was gonna pick Pittsburgh. I love how Dave spent like pick Pittsburgh. I like how Dave spent five minutes talking about how he was really close, although he got them all wrong. Yes, he was really close <laughs> no, in his predictions. But, but, but my point was I didn't have 
any crazy ideas that the Steelers were going to have this great record before the bye. I really yeah, didn't. No, I get it. I get but it. I, I still get it. think, I mean, you said, that, can they find a way to squeeze out two of the next three? If they do, they're sure. right where I had them, and they have the opportunity to get rolling. Um, I don't even want to, you know, we don't want to talk about that P word. You know, No, it's not potential, Jeff. It's playoffs. That's wow. not what, what, what we're talking about. It's just this is a team that you need to gradually get better. And I don't rule anything out until it's time to be ruled out. Get to the bye. If you can win two, find a way to squeeze out two of the next three, you're not as bad off as what you think it can be. But that's still a really big ask. But I want to still give them a chance to get to that. So that's why I want to have them win this week. All right, we know my prediction. Brian, what's yours? All right. I feel like a dog lately. And I really do. And we all have pets. I'm sure a lot of you have pets out there. And you have that dog that just waits by the kitchen table waiting for you to drop something. Just like they they might make a little moan. They might wait. And that, that same dog, when you go out for a Saturday and you're gone all day, they're waiting by the window from minute one. And they're just waiting and waiting. And what are they waiting for? They know you're coming home in the next 10 minutes. They know you're walking through that door. Then hour goes by. Three hours go by. Five hours. Seven goes by and you finally come home. They thought you were coming home seven hours ago. And that's how I feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I feel that they're going to come through. But I find myself disappointed every single week. But this just, it's like, this has got to be the week. This has got this has got to be it. It's going to happen. Finally. And it's probably not. They're beat <laughs> up on defense. They're hurting on defense. They're butt. And it's Tom Brady, the juggernaut. But there's a fairy tale everywhere. And you get that Hollywood ending every once in a while. Are we going to get it this week? Probably not. Probably not. But I'm still saying it. Because I already you saw my pick. I put it in the second that you posted it yesterday. I felt really good about that, Jeff. Yeah. And it's 24-20 Steelers. Love it. <laughs> actually, actually, Brian, I'm looking at the article. You said 23-20, but that's fine. I mean. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I'm sorry. What's one point? And then who cares? A win's a win. That's We're not going to complain about it. All right. I just had to look over at the article real quick. Yeah. All right. Very good. Let's well, and, and, but the thing that Brian said is like, yeah, the defense is desperate with injuries. I wouldn't even consider saying that I'm going to just go out on a big limb and say that the Steelers are going to are going to are, are going to shock the NFC by winning this game. It's just something about KPA that you just feel like that that guy just can. There's something he can he can do, and he kind of had it taken away from him a little bit last week to where they they were out of it. So much. I, I I'm looking for that opportunity for him to 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 do something in a start the whole way through where they're in a game and see if he's got that moxie to finish it off. That that's all I'm betting on right now. Because what else are we wanting to see right now? Well, here's the thing. I know a lot of I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you guys are homers and stuff." Well, yeah, we're fans of the team. If you want negativity, go follow those idiot beat writers that seem like they always want to find any way to crap on the team. 
That's just not, that's not my MO at least. I've always said I'm a homer. I'm always going to pick for the Steelers. If you don't like it, then don't go to the casino and bet on my pick. Like that's all you got to do. I mean, seriously, let's not take ourselves so serious. All right. We have trivia, right? Brian, you're ready. Yes, I am. All right, go for it. All right. So we're talking about last week. We talked about a former Steeler that went to another team, the Buffalo Bills, the upcoming opponent and was an all pro. Well, we've got another one. This time it was not a trade, but we have one that was just a pro bowler five times. He was an all pro three times and a very great player. He was a good player with Pittsburgh, became an all 90s player when he went to Tampa Bay. Who is that man? That's easy, right? Jeff, you got it? No clue. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the the, the low-hanging fruit. So this makes me think that this is, isn't the answer because Brian's setting us up to say that it's Hardy Nickerson. It's Hardy Nickerson. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Really good job, is. Dave. All right. No, yeah. Well, I, I was afraid. I was I, I was afraid you were you were setting me up to like you think it's Hardy Nickerson, but but no, Hardy Nickerson was he was good with the Steelers, but then he was really good with the Bucks. Now, I could have set you up okay. in a way. Same time, he wasn't an all-90s player, but he ended up going to a Pro Bowl with Tampa Bay in the 90s, but he went to another team first. Then he went to Tampa. Do you know who that mm-hmm. is? Pro Bowl with was with the Steelers, then went somewhere else. And then went to Tampa and was a pro bowler. Hmm. I don't know that I know that one. I don't know. He was a guy that I was afraid that was going to be paralyzed every time he hit because he was a torpedo. Not I'm not talking Donnie Shell. Hmm. I'm talking Thomas Everett. Hmm. Mm, wouldn't have gotten that one. No, I wouldn't have either. All right. I have a I have a real quick one. Okay. Okay. This is recently was a really cool anniversary for the Tampa Bay Pittsburgh rivalry. I guess you want to call it that. And that was the stiff arm heard around the world. Monday night football, Vance McDonald. He stiff armed. What player? Chris Conti. Very yep. good. And that actually ended his season. I think, cause he actually was banged up and he hurt mm-hmm. his knee on that play or something. And he was done for the year. Sorry Chris for jumping Conte. on you, Dave. Oh he no. Got slammed into did. next week actually the end of the season but that was it mm-hmm. so that was like an anniversary i think it was like uh what was that 2018 that was four years ago it was, was 19 that wasn't it no it was 18 no it was 18 yeah because ben through the past yeah and they play every four years yep good good memory and that was week three on monday night football yeah man anyways yeah. all right uh dave your trivia Go okay this is going to be more for this is going to be jeff first because i'm i can all but guarantee that brian absolutely has this question crushed but but the Steelers currently are one and four okay we know that the Steelers have started one and four um in in recent years they did in 2013 with with Le'Veon Bell uh his rookie year they started that 0-4 and then they finally finally got a win to go to one and four and then they got another one to go to two and four they also the Steelers also started one and four in 2019 when Ben Roethlisberger was hurt, but neither of those seasons did the Steelers drop to one and five. Since the NFL merger, 
What are the two seasons where the Pittsburgh Steelers started one and five? Since the merger? Yeah. And I completely screwed up this question because my question was going to be how many times did they? And I already said, what are the two seasons? So it was twice. What are the two seasons? So I've got the first part. I've <laughs> got two, two seasons. I got okay. that part right, yeah, Brian. No, go no, ahead. You got no, the do you have any idea what seasons they were? I know, Brian. I hear Jeff. I'll give you a hint. My, Brian, my. Brian already referenced, referenced one of these seasons earlier in the show. Uh, my my brain is fried today. I, I really have no mental thought right now. Brian, do you know this answer? Yeah, it's got to be 1988. 1988 is the most recent. And it would have to be 1969. No, this was since the merger. Oh, so you're counting the merger as 70. Hmm. Wasn't the merger in 70? Yeah. So it wasn't okay. it wasn't Super okay. Bowl era. It was merger, which was 70. So I would have to say 70 then. They did not start that bad in 70. They then actually, let me give you one more. Okay. 86. It was actually in 1986 mm. where the Steelers started one and five. And actually, in both of those seasons, both of those seasons, they started one and six. So they went even beyond the one and five, one and six. And the 88 was so bad. Uh, Brian, what was their overall record in 88? Five and 11. They, yes, they were five and 11, but everyone thought they were going to be getting the number one pick because uh, uh, 12 games in, they were a whole whopping two and 10 and then won three of the last four. And I referenced that at the beginning of the show too. Yes, you three, did. Three and four. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's happened before. I'm just hoping that this week they don't join that illustrious club of the one and five starts. All right. Good trivia. Good stuff, guys. Brian, why don't you do your final thoughts? All right. So I have two quick final thoughts. The first one is we all have seen Tom Brady getting the gifts over the years. If you breathe, the joke has been, if you breathe on them, you're going to get a yellow flag thrown in your face. Can that really happen again this week? I'm telling you what the NFL they're in an outrage, but the fans are. And if they're not looking at these officials right now for that joke that not just happened with Tom Brady last week, it happened on the Monday Night Football with Chris Jones in Kansas City. But the thing is, Kansas City ended up winning their game. Atlanta got royal, royally, man, they got screwed. <laughs> they really did. Is that going to happen again this week? Are they going to let that happen in Pittsburgh, I think if you have any chance to have a clean, true game against Tom Brady, it's going to be this week because all eyes are on these officials. I would be shocked if he gets the borderline calls like he normally does just because of this week because there's going to be some problems if he does. The last part of my final thoughts is, look, I talked about it. I talked about the possibility of finger pointing a little bit earlier. It's time for Deontay Johnson more than anybody to step up and not to just earn his contract. That's not what I'm talking about. When he got that contract, he got the responsibility of being a team leader. And he also, that was 
true from the Steelers saying, we count on you. And we know that you're the guy. You've got to be the guy now. And coming up with excuses, coming up with, hey, you're going to watch us anyways, that's not the kind of attitude that Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to rally to. They're going to rally for the James Daniels. They're going to rally for the guys that are fighting. They see no fight right now in Deontay Johnson. Do I believe that Deontay Johnson has a special talent? Absolutely. I think he is a very good wide receiver that is not doing what he needs to do. I think he's having mental lapses out there. And I don't know if he's taking things as seriously as he did as a rookie and when he had trouble in the second year by dropping balls at the end of that season. Now he's dropping balls at the beginning of the season, and that's a problem. This team needs a hero, and my gosh, it's got to be Deontay Johnson. You've got to get the fight in you. I think you're good. I think you're going to play better, but don't go that hole that everybody's disrespecting me and the media and the fans. Don't do that. Just go out and play. All right, good stuff, Dave. Final thoughts. Yeah, it's funny. I brought up those those years with trivia of the 86 and the 88. That's when I first started being a Steelers fan because that's when I was eight and 10 years old. So to me, when I starting in that era, and, and I've said this before, I'm one of the few people that I meet that I started being a Steelers fan when Mark Malone was the quarterback. I don't have the glory of the 70s, and I don't, and I, I started at a time where the Steelers were not very good at all. So expecting them to be good and what they've been the last, you know, 20 years is, is still a surprise for me. But this is, this is a team that they can be good again if they just start putting things together, whether it be this year, next year, two to three years, like Jeff likes to refer to. That's what it could be. But... <laughs> It all comes down to um, playing playing precisely. And also, it not just the players. You know, we said it in the postgame show. There was lots of blame to go around from last week's debacle, from the coaches to the players to everything. No one was immune from it. And we say you want the players to be more crisp. You know what else we want? Teams don't like it when the Steelers run on, run on, on first down and gain nothing. They're like, why do they keep doing that? But you know what? They do love it on the times, and it's happened 19 times this season, when the Steelers run the ball on first down and they get 5 to 15 yards. That's when you do love it. And you're like, so what's the difference? Is it all outcome-based? To me, it's it's not even that. It's don't come out and with your personnel and your formation, have everyone know what you're going to do. You've got, there's no reason to keep doing that mix it up, get your players excited about something different. Because I know when I was coaching and Jeff probably knows it, the kids loved, remember I was coaching high school. So, so it was kids. They loved when we would practice a trick play, they would love it. Oh, they couldn't wait to say, can we run it in the game coach and things like that. Those are the kind of things, just these other little things to be excitement. If you keep going with the same mundane thing and you're having terrible results, it's really hard to to continue to to lay your heart and soul on the line every play like someone like Cam Hayward does. So it's the players need to sharpen up everything that they're doing on the field and the coaches mix it up a little bit. Don't be so pre predictive 
and go out there, play hard, and win a game. Play hard. There you go. <laughs> I got to say, say. <laughs> There you got to say. All right, good stuff, everyone. Uh, great show, guys. We will be back next week for another episode of the Steelers Preview, getting you geared up for Sunday night football, right? Don't they play on Sunday night against Miami? In yep. Week? yep. Yes, that's right. And you know what that is? That is going to be the 50th anniversary of the 1972 team. And so it's good. They're going to be all kinds of excited in Miami. I call that the Brian Flores revenge game. Yes. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) say. All right. So good show. We will see you all next week. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. Take it easy, everyone. Everybody else gets a little tight.